Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you right after the Lakers versus the Nuggets. What a game, what a game. Uh, I cannot wait to chop it up with my uh, co-host tonight, Andrew Combo Salop, who's always with me. Andrew Combo, how's it going, my man? It's going well. What a game, man. What a game. I couldn't have said it any better. What a game. <laughs> Thank God it was a game. I was worried that we were going to have a 30-point blowout. It would be a sweep, and uh, that would be it. It make me make me look really foolish as far as when I was talking on Twitter the other day about how this is, you know, could be one of LeBron's best teams he's been on. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. We have to pull apart some things and figure out what went wrong, what went right, and uh, where we go from here. So give me your first impressions. What do you think uh, – Let's see here. If you were the Nuggets, what would you be looking at right now? Well, I actually want to start with the Lakers' defense in the first half because it was absolutely atrocious. I mean, they didn't even get back at transition. They were going under on Jamal Murray, pick and rolls and handoffs, and it just seemed like the effort wasn't there. It didn't even seem like they were in a playoff game, like they were in some meaningless regular season game. They turned it up second half, and... I think that, you know, if the Nuggets don't hit some really tough shots, like these weren't regular tough shots that the Nuggets were hitting. These were like abnormally tough shots. When we talk about Jokic from almost, I don't know, what was like right inside the half court line, it felt like. And then mm -hmm. um, Jamal Murray hit a ridiculous shot on LeBron and that thumbs up meme is about to go crazy. And then Michael Porter Jr. It was a little bit less of a tough shot in the corner with that step back, but that was a really tough shot too. So if the, if Denver misses some of those, this could have been a different outcome. Uh, I, I agree. And it's funny that you've been hanging around with me too long because atrocious is exactly the word I was thinking of to talk about their defense. And primarily um, I'm kind of, um, you know, it's funny. Dennis Schroeder is the guy. So I was trying to think about this as far as the defense goes. So the, the mistake I think that uh, Darvin Ham made was not to look at the matchups before game one started. I think that they they liked what they saw against the Warriors. They had changed the lineup to get um, to go smaller and have Reeves, Schroeder and um, and D'Lo in there together. Uh, but they didn't look at the how that would match up, which matched up terribly. So to have Austin Reeves trying to close out on Michael Porter Jr. is no matter how hard he tries, and he tried, he's not going to affect that at all. And he must have hit two or three threes, just, you know, just catch and shoot, didn't even bother him. Um, and Dennis Schroeder is probably, I would bench him first, only because he was trying to blame so many people for every time he got scored on and it was his issue. that um, And we've seen this before. He hasn't always been a really great teammate. And this, maybe it's the pressure. I don't know what was going on, but he was dragging people down. He was a buzzkill without question. Um, and he was slow to react on navigating those screens. And he, they would score and he'd throw up his hands at least five or six times I saw it tonight. And, and, and looking around like someone else, you know, what's wrong with you or something. So that was really concerning to me, uh, especially if he's not really going to, you know, uh, light it up from the offensive end. Uh, but, I, you know, I think this also comes down to LeBron. LeBron was way too quiet. Uh, you know, he had, I think at one point he was 22 points, nine for 13 shooting somewhere in the fourth. And I was like, it was the quietest 22 points on really high efficiency I've, I've seen. I, I couldn't feeling of like him scoring at all. It wasn't impacting the game. Um, so yeah, so that's how that whole thing opened up. And it, it really, yeah, it felt like they were just going to build a 30 point lead and that was it. But one thing I keep telling everybody, and we know I keep saying on this show is that these Lakers are resilient and they're tough. Nothing will bother them. They won't give up. You know, they, if, if anything, they learn from the Warriors, it's, you know, and they remember the Warriors blew them out twice. 
and uh, and threaten the Roma another time in another game. So they're not they're going to hold tight, independent of uh, Schroeder, you know, being a bad teammate. Uh, they're going to stay the course. They're going to keep together. And now it's really going to be up to Ham to figure out some better lineups. And if he can do that, then this series will go, you know, a, a, a lot of games. How would you change up the lineups if you were him? And I absolutely also agree with you uh, with the LeBron point. Like, I was surprised when I looked at his stats. Like, his stat line actually looks really good, but he did seem quiet. Yeah, uh, 9 for 16, ultimately with 26 points, minus 6, uh, whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I, the thing with Reeves is, like, he can't be on um, on MPJ. Um, so, but, but did it wouldn't you see- be like – did you see the, did you see the way he closed that on him once it was pretty good like he threw like four hands on him even though he only has two like he went high low back high and yeah. then but my mpj still knocked it down <laughs> yeah so i i would bench schroeder you got to get so here's the question is do you want Rui or vanderbilt in there by the way but d'angelo russell this is not going to be his series let, let me look at what he did on offense four for 11 eight points um, you know, he, he hit a couple of shots almost like when they needed to and kind of helped them get the ship going a little bit in the third. But um, this is not going to be for him. He continually gets beat. Even when they don't pass his man the ball, he is lost. Uh, they move way too well up without the ball uh, for the guys he has to guard. So I would probably bench Schroeder and I would bench um, D'Lo. I would let Reeves start and let him guard, you know, uh, uh, they have to get KCP under control. The guy in the beginning was, uh, was going crazy. Uh, and I, and I try to tweet, I don't know what's going on my Twitter. It wouldn't let me tweet it out, but like, basically it's, if I see the Lakers double down on Anthony Davis, or even like start to show and help on Anthony Davis from one pass away off the guy on the wing, right in front of him, I'm going to lose my mind because they must've hit four threes that way. Wait, and you said, you said the Lakers, you said the Lakers doubled down on Anthony Davis. You mean Jokic. The Lakers. Oh, I say. I mean, I mean, they double down on Jokic. Sorry. Okay. Uh, if they do that one more time, I was going to lose my mind because you know uh, KCP comes around. It's an easy catch and shoot. I think uh, I did see somebody else hit at least one of those threes, and it was just driving me nuts because it's like, what? What are you? That's not where you can help from. It's the easiest. That's yeah. the easiest rule you should have. Um, wait, KCP ended up having um, uh, twenty-one I mean, he points. Was, he, he was on. He, down. he was on fire at one point, though. He was yeah. on absolute fire. Uh, what do you think this this game looks like if Lakers just say we're not going to ever double Jokic? Ah, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I still say D'Lo gets beat on, on those cuts, so they would still get some of that. But I think what you're saying is if you don't double Jokic, uh, the cutters shouldn't be open very much. You stay home on your guys. Uh, Jokic would score. And by the way, Anthony Davis's defense was terrible too. Uh, he he um, was was slow to react. Uh, you know, didn't read well, didn't see the floor well defensively. Um, and I, and I wonder if that's going to change or not. Uh, and as a result, like he, he was getting beat badly. I thought by Jokic, even like, you know, Jokic had a catch and shoot three where he just sort of like, Oh my God, I had to get over there. And like, wasn't in position to be ready to move too many of the Lakers were all like that. I don't know what it was. And we hadn't seen that much against the Warriors. And I don't know if they thought, Oh, we can relax a little bit because, this Denver T- Nuggets team moves without the ball I- I- at least as much uh, as the Warriors do. So yeah. um, perhaps they learn their lesson. They'll come back stronger that way. Um, and then, you know, perhaps with that huge lead early, the Nuggets won't kind of let up a little bit because that whole that whole last 12 minutes, I would say, uh, they really kind of didn't go to the Jokic high post touch as much without – they were letting sort of Murray run pick and roll. 
uh, and then and then throw it to Jokic. I just felt like it, that didn't have the same flow maybe as just going right to him at the elbow and letting people cut around him, if that makes sense. Yeah, they also started out the half with Eric Gordon bringing the ball down the court, which I'm not mad at. It. I, I mean, I feel like Eric Gordon has a lot of fun playing with this team. Like, he can bring the ball up the court sometimes. When he moves out the ball, he's going to get it. But I don't know if that's ideal to start out your second half doing that. I don't know. I would, I would probably put it in Jamal or Jokic's hands, but I'm sure they have their reasons. Well, yeah, that's interesting because also they, they opened um, an interesting uh, cross match um wait i tweeted it out i'm forgetting now in the very beginning if my twitter even works they they uh net the nuggets oh, let's see they had re oh no i think that's what it was it was lakers had uh reeves guarding michael porter jr like that was a very strange cross match and then the other way it worked fine obviously um aaron gordon like what i would have thought you know i didn't really want to go on record and make a big comment about who i thought was going to win i needed to see a game first kind of wrap my head around how this all works and i was going to do even more research until doc got fired today which by the way, stay tuned for that video. I, I, I grounded out for 10 hours trying to get it done before the, the, the game. Um, but stay tuned for that. I'll probably just do it really quick tomorrow morning as quickly as I can and then get this game out, um, which we got to talk about, though, Combo. Uh, also, if you have a question out there and you want to get it answered, the best way to do it is over on YouTube with the Super Chat. So if you want to do that, that's the best way. We'll put your question up on the screen. We'll answer it. We'll give you a lot of love. It'll be really great. It'll help us keep the lights on and keep the show going. Of which, I think we're going to do post-game shows as much as I can, almost every game if I can. Uh, you, sound so, you, you know, I never want to see anybody get fired. You sound so ruthless grinding out this 10-hour Doc Gets Fired video. I know. I, you know, it was a rabbit hole. And, you know, listen, the Doc River stuff uh, has always kind of bothered me as far as, like, how good of a coach is he really? Um, and I, I, really I, I hear to- you. You know, you're not yeah. the only one that says that. Um, there's other people, you know, around the NBA that say that, you know, but like Harden and, and B did not show up for this game. Like that was the biggest reason they lost in my opinion. Okay. So that is certainly, you know, you, you put your, you know, your fate in the, in the hands of your players and they're the ones who are supposed to come through. Right. Um, I, I was looking for a, a, a what am I going to say? A uh, unique way of approaching this because I'm sure everyone's going to do all the typical stuff garbage. And it was, I didn't want to do that, but I also wanted to figure out if I could show what bothered me a lot about his teams. And they, they tend to melt down in very key moments um, in, in a lot of sort of spectacular ways, like bad turnovers, terrible shots, just terrible defense, just complete, you know, lack of cohesion and, and sort of mental toughness. Uh, a lot of that, to me, sort of has to do with the fact that he constantly is carrying on on the sidelines. I know in L.A. it was worse. Uh, every call that went against them uh, was, you know, an atrocity against humanity. Uh, he would be up and shouting whatever. And then you got guys like CP3 and Blake and DeAndre Jordan and all that whole Clippers team would feed off of that. And then they would lose their equilibrium. So I went through. Here's what I decided to do. I said, all right. He's, he's coached the most game sevens of any NBA coach. Uh, his record is ever, ever. What? Ever. I think ever. Yeah. I think it was, it's 11, I think. Um, so I decided let's go through the ones where he lost and, and, and analyze the moment when the game clearly shifted. Most of those losses are blowouts. And like we saw on Sunday. And so I kind of was able to sort of do a through line where I'm like, look, there's a theme here a little bit about, um, you know, terrible uh, turnovers and just sort of like, a, you know, a, a lack of cohesion and uh, just sort of falling apart. And, you know, they don't stay competitive until the end. 
So uh, I'm going to put that together, and it's going to be really interesting to see. And I'm going I'm to actually juxtapose them. So I'm not going to just stick with one game. I have like nine of these games to go through if I, unless I cut a couple. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole game and show you 10 or 12 clips from each game. I'm going to show you like the, th- like the turnovers across all of those games. And I'm going to show you the bad shots across those games in a row. You'll kind of get a sense of like how you can't really say – um, it's just the players. You can't just say, oh, Embiid and those guys didn't show up. There's, it's too consistent of a time in the most you know, inc- uh, important games of, of those seasons uh, where they, they continually just fall apart and, uh, and make dumb mistakes and cannot execute. And, I, and you have to think that there's something related to the coaching. It's fair. It's fair. I mean, look, his track record speaks for itself with a lot of comeback losses. So I hear what you're saying. I do think there was a bunch of injuries during the course of his coaching career. That probably attributes somewhat to what happened with him, but I can't totally deny um, like his firing. Like he obviously didn't do a great job, but I would say like if there was like blame pie, I would have yeah. to for that game seven for that game seven alone. I would have to give it to Joel and James, and especially Joel. And then he throws his teammates under the bus after. So I mean that doesn't help. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, listen, people want to defend Joel because there was more of the context of that of that thing. I. I get it all across. I understand both sides. He did say, he did say I, I have to be better first, but he also yeah. said that it can't just be me and James playing out there. Yeah. And that's, and that, again, that's, that's true too. Without, I don't, you know, I'm going to, I might have to pull that part, uh, pull it apart. Cause remember, Doc got into hot water when um, he basically had sort of called out Ben Simmons and didn't, wasn't quite um, eloquent enough uh, with what he said. I, I got what he said, but it came out really bad. And then Simmons completely shut down at that point. That's the worst outcome you can imagine. Uh, James Harden last year uh, was not very effusive about what happened in the huddles with the coaching. And then this year, uh, again, uh, you know, he was, it was okay. I think he said, he's like, we're fine or something like that. But like, you know, you normally the, the correct answer would be like, Oh no, we're, we're on the same page. And I really did I respect him. And I can't wait to get back next year. Yada, yada. That didn't happen. And clearly uh, Ramona Shelburne had uh, reported that there was an issue uh, where maybe James Harden was probably said something like, I don't want to play uh, for the Sixers if he's still there. Um, you know, so uh, it's, it's a thing. Uh, and it's, remember in, in Boston, he was pretty much going to get fired. Like it somehow he hung out long enough until they, some, they got the KG and the Ray Allen trades to go through. Um, and that, that sort of changed his fortunes. If he hadn't won that one title, I, I really wonder where we would be now. Um, and, I, and I think that, um, you know, we saw enough of these issues even with the uh, Clippers. And again, you're right. The injury issue is a thing. And a lot of coaches have been able to sort of survive because of that. I thought maybe Budenholzer was going to survive because of that this year, too, because of uh, the, the uh, Giannis injury. Um, but as we're learning, um, I think there's a lot to go that there's a lot behind the scenes. Um, all I could tell you as far as Embiid goes, uh, I would have been I'd be surprised if they didn't go to Embiid and ask him. And I can tell you this, if Embiid said, I'm, I'm not playing for you guys, if he's not here next year, then he would be fired. Of course. And it's the same thing with Bud and Giannis. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, Look, I imagine they went to him. Coach, but you mentioned James Harden wanting to get out of Philly. I don't know if he said it or not. You said somebody reported this. If Doc is there, like if Doc is there, he doesn't want to play. I don't know how true that is. But look, he forced him, he he forced his way out of Houston. He forced his way out of the Nets. He he's about to force his way out with the Sixers. Like sometimes you got to look in the mirror. 
Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, listen, the, the, that list of people who tend to get their coaches fired <laughs> somehow is, is uh, it's not that long, but the, we all know who. And I think somebody on Twitter asked about it today. Who was it? Uh, and they asked for the list. Um, I saw it. Um, and it was funny because I was wondering, I mean, I, I, the first name in my, that popped up in my brain wasn't the first person who popped up on uh, in a lot of those uh, replies. But um, at any rate, we have, some, we have some super chats to get to. Very exciting. Let's get it. Uh, problem is I got to find it in this scroll uh, after I hit the wrong way. I went up the wrong way. All right. Let me get in. I know we have two. But where are they? Oh, my goodness gracious. We have so many comments that it's like kind of going crazy. Uh, what's, I can do this one. Let me see if I can do this. Huh. I can see it up on the top, but why won't let me put it on the screen? All right. Well, uh, oh, here's one. Here it is. Okay. First of all, best friend of the breakdown, Bron. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're always there for us. Always so generous. Really appreciate it. Uh, hey, coach. MPJ's shot is really aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Curious to know what you think about it. Okay. I would disagree with that. Um, I don't think it's that pleasing to the eye because it's a two motion shot and he hangs in the air a little bit. Uh, but he does have a very uh, aggressive dip. And I feel like that is what sort of syncs it up as well as he can. And he shoots a bit like the KD thing to me um, and a uh, higher release point. But uh, I, I, I will say out of the hand, it is pretty. And, uh, and he certainly can stroke it when, when that goes in. What would you say? Yeah. When we're doing things like this, shouts to Braun. Always appreciate you. I would love to see it on the screen while I'm breaking it down. You know, oh. I kind of got to like, I kind of got to, um, I don't know, envision it unless it comes up in the back screen right here. But he gets it. I mean, the most important thing is he gets his shot off effortlessly. He could get it off the dribble. He could get it off the catch, like catch and shoot, and he could get it off curl. So, I mean, he gets his shot off pretty effortlessly, and he's very efficient, and he was very efficient all season this year in the yeah. regular season. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I, I mean – that's the only thing I have an issue with is that he hangs in the air a little bit. And then that worries me sometimes about getting your calibration off, but uh, it has not affected him. And the only thing that affects him is perhaps his back. If that ever, it, it ever flares up but other than that. I mean, he looks really good out there now. And again, I, we, I told you this, it's unfair to have him as a third scorer for them or the third best player in the offense, because uh, you know, invariably if a, if a play breaks down between the first two guys, uh, most teams they'll throw it to the third guy and like, you know, hope for the best. And maybe it'll get a, if it's open, they'll get a shot or whatever, but here's a guy that could score all three levels. Um, and could do that. I think as a number two or number one on other teams, if it's purely, we're talking about offense. So, um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches for the, for the, uh, nuggets to have. And if we look at the box where he ended up, you know, he's six for 12, 15 points, uh, a plus 20 on the plus minus, by the way, uh, you know, which, you, a, a team high, you know, because not even KCP was plus 16 and Jokic was plus 11. Um, and oh, part of, by the way, part of the reason is Jokic played way more minutes, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah. I, I found that they were actually doing a great job with him to get him a little extra rest. It felt like when they had that bigger lead, but it, it turns out they didn't because 42 minutes is probably the maximum you play him. Yeah, he played a lot of minutes. He was phenomenal in this game, and AD was as well, but I think Jokic got the nod. Um, obviously I think Jokic's first half was a little bit better than his second half, but just phenomenal nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. We have another super chat, uh, from Nick's the streets are buzzing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really, really generous. Thank you so much. Thoughts on Julius Randall's quote after game four. Maybe they just wanted it more. I, you know, I really hate, we saw Mike Brown in the Kings warrior series say that to his team in a huddle in a game seven, I think it was, they want it more than us. They're you know, when they're getting more rebounds. Um, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think if you say that to your team, then 
it becomes like, okay, then they will ultimately want it more and then they, they will get it more. Um, now, you know, I don't know. Uh, did you feel like the Knicks didn't come to play and they weren't aggressive and they weren't trying as hard as they could? I think sometimes Julius Randle gets emotional. And when he loses, he says things he doesn't want to say or he doesn't talk at all to the media. I think that's just how Julius Randle is. I will say, I don't want to speak for all Knicks fans. It doesn't seem like they're very happy with Julius at this point in time. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I've been the, 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 as soon as he started doing really well in the one year, whatever it was, three years ago, and they went on that run. And it, got- it, was, it was the year after the bubble where there was no fans in the stands. He, yeah. Well, and this year too, to be honest. Yeah, but it was the first year I said they should trade him now because he will hold them back ultimately. And I feel like that's what we keep learning. And in fact, that's what it was. Uh, he had a, a good run that year. They won like 10 in a row or something like in the middle of the season. And that put them a lot higher than they probably thought they were going to be. They had a high, a higher seed maybe in the first round and they lost. And he was terrible in that playoffs. And it was like and, and it was terrible in a terrible way, like ISO wing and long twos. And this like, you know, he, he wasn't that guy. That was, uh, that was when Trey Young took their heart, right? Yeah, I think that was the that was the year. And so, and by the way, speaking of which, watching the game seven Hawks Philly uh, uh, Sixers uh, when Trey Young, you know, beat them in seven games, which, which I'm, I focus on in, on my video for tomorrow. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that they here's why they blew it is because I don't think that Randall has a lot of value. I think when they when he did have a lot of value, they needed to trade him then, and they just weren't willing to do that. And I think that's um unfortunate and it would have, they would have probably taken a lot of crap at the time but they would have been much smarter to do that i think anybody you know could see that um and so here here we are and i don't i don't know if they're gonna be able to move him right and i don't think i don't think his contract's probably pretty bad isn't it yeah it probably is pretty bad but there got to be a market for an all nba guy right um i mean i got i don't know i don't know especially because a guy who kind of like you know he he isn't the happiest teammate <laughs> so um I'm looking for his god darn it more. Where's my uh oh my goodness? Why does this look so different now in B ball ref? Where's let me go down to the contract? That's what's interesting about um the oh, Warriors. Here. That's what's interesting, Coach Dick, about the Warriors with pool. How are they gonna move pool? Because everybody's saying move pool. He has a crazy contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, because people might think, well, there's a change of scenery could do him good, but that's not a kind of contract that you'd take a gamble on as a change of scenery. Right. Uh Jordan Poole is gonna has to be a little bit concerned and, and careful. Um, you know, it was funny because to me, it felt like his development completely stopped uh, this year. Um, although then I was looking at it and I think Clay went down and Curry went down. And I was reading something where, they, you know, he had some kind of big games and he did sort of fill those shoes well. Um, I don't really remember. My, my take on it was he was sort of all year long a little bit off. Um, and so watch, if you look at his numbers, they're all like amazingly better than they had been. By the way, Julius Randle is uh, making uh, 25.6 uh, next year. 27.5 and then top top of 29 for the next three years. That's a lot of money. Uh, but Jordan, so, so my, but either way, at some point toward the end of the year, Jordan pool um, just got, was broken. He, he was a broken player. Uh, I'm looking at this, uh, the, the games uh, log right now. Um, you know, his minutes had been cut the last several games uh, of the regular season. And then he never really could get on track at all. Um, and I feel like he was going, you know, all the issues, he's going too fast, making terrible decisions. And when he finally tried to slow it down the last few games, it, I thought it was better, but then he was completely ineffective. He just wasn't himself. He was sort of a neutered version of what he could have been. Uh, if he can't get back on track, though, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what his future in the league is going to be in, in a couple of years. I swear, because that was that was as fr- tr- troubling and frustrating as I'd seen a player uh, get to in those playoffs. Well, he was a G League guy. He got a huge contract. And if he's out the league, he the least um, I'm not sure this is what he wants. He made a lot of money. Absolutely. And you know what? I, he can turn it around. Look how well, how skilled he was at 21. Yeah. And he just, and it's not even like he's got to develop more skill at 23, whatever he's going to be. Uh, he just needs to learn the game better now uh, and learn how to just sort of be able to slow down and play at, at a different pace. Uh, and you should be able to do that. And he's young enough to be able to, ma- to master that. And I think Curry said that he goes, he's the key. Right. And I think that that were, they were hoping he'd be the key this year uh, to carry guys like uh, Clay who, you know, could not make a basket after the 30 points in game two, I think it was. So, um, yeah, but let, let's put it to put a button on the Julius Randall thing. Um, he, I, I mean, I, I could see how Julius would get, become sort of uh, upset and, and um, brooding and, and just sort of not and, and maybe not give out his all. We've seen that happen in the past when things bother him. And um, I, I also would say that like a guy like Tibbs is probably not the coach for him either. I think uh, I think that Randall would probably. Uh, feed off of how uh, the, uh, the 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 low energy negative energy that comes out of Tibbs, while other players you know can use that as fuel. I don't think that Randall does, and so I would imagine uh, you know a different coach could probably reach him and keep him on a on a you know a more positive keel, and then that would should it should yield better results. Yeah, I feel like coaches like Tibbs and Bud and Doc they're somewhat rigid, you know, and there's a rigidness to the way they coach. Yeah. And, you know, that's the issue with the, with them. Um, obviously, they have some pros, but there's a lot of cons when it comes to them as well. And the biggest one to me is just their rigidness. For sure. All right, we got some more Super Chats. My goodness, thank you. I, I wasn't even sure, but here we, here we see them. Um, and we have to, okay, we have, we have to celebrate the first Super Chat from somebody coming up. Uh, Martin Jose, thank you, thank you, Martin. Uh, always great to see you here. Thoughts on the NBA draft lottery? Um, the NBA draft lottery. The Wemby okay. The Spurs yeah. got the Wemby. They won the Wemby sweepstakes. So yeah. shouts to them. It kind of makes sense. Like they always got these great number one picks, right? So uh, yeah, is that why Popovich stayed? <laughs> I don't know why, but um, uh, I mean, I here's think- the thing. Well, real quick, if Popovich had stayed because he knew it was a conspiracy that they were going to get number one pick to get Wembyama. Um, here's my th- my take on him. He's going to be a, um, a a generational player. Yes. I just don't think he's going to turn them around next year. Oh no, not at one year. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But, but it's I mean, for, for the lo- Pop, you know, doing maybe that. maybe Pop got five years left. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how he's going to be able to do that because you know Pop is you know let's see is Pop that guy who's like going to well, be able to let this guy play like a guard? Well, Pop- maybe. Yeah, maybe not. But maybe they feel like they want to keep him around one more year to teach the young fella. Yeah. Yeah, but then he could have just stepped down and been an assistant or been an advisor or whatever. Assistant? You know. Come on, pop an assistant? He's not. Yeah, or, or, you know, a, um, what's it called? A um, special oh. advisor, like how Nash was for the Warriors, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, something like that. But, okay, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm down on pop these days, but um, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so my thoughts. So, Wemin Yama going to the Spurs, uh, yeah, that, that's a, a very needed jolt to them. They haven't been good for a while. Uh, and this should um, this should begin that process. We'll see. Uh, and I think he's going to be terrific. Now, I, you know, I was so knee deep in the Doc Rivers story that uh, I barely had a chance to even look at the uh, the rest of the thing. Was so Char- yeah, Char- Charlotte Hornets. I like Brandon Miller for them. 
I think, um, you know, a lot of people might want Scoot, but they already got LaMelo at the point guard, you know, position. So I think, and in my opinion, Brandon Miller is, I would take him number two for most teams. I know that's probably not most people's take. The Portland Trailblazers could get Brandon, uh, could take Scoot. The Rockets are going to be interesting. You know, they could get one of the Thompson twins, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Pistons need shooting. So you got, you find somebody there. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, I mean, the Magic need shooting, I should say. So uh, we'll see what develops. Yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to even dive into any of the, the prospects. So I, I'm going to defer to you on, uh, on the analysis for all of that. But at the very least, uh, this is a good list. I feel like this is sort of, you know, in order of need, a, a pretty good way of fill, fulfilling that for these teams. Uh, for the most part, uh, and I, I hopefully that some of these guys will start to get back to being uh, some winning teams and, and you know avoid trying to get into the lottery because uh, you know we want to see everybody try and do well and we and obviously the NBA does too as this midseason tournament's going to try and do um, so yeah so I think that all worked it's working uh, as they intended uh, we have another super chat from Joseph Baker who's uh, the first super chat he's ever done so let's celebrate that wow. I wish I – is there a way to celebrate more than that? I don't know. It just has a nice little thing out here. Um, do you think that Kawhi should retire? Ooh, uh, that's a spicy meatball. What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, he was an MVP-level player when he was healthy this year. MV, I mean, yeah. literally, uh, carrying that team at times and looked as good as he had looked. Um, so, wait, what was the last injury he had? Didn't he have one at the end? I think he had an MCL, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though. It's yeah. something with his knee. So, again, another reason why Joseph would be asking that and probably a really good point because, um, you know, he just keeps breaking down, and it's it's heartbreaking, really. Um, so, I, you know, it's interesting. I suppose give it one last shot. If he can't make it through next year and play, you know, 65 games with some load management, then then I would probably hang it up after next year. Yeah, I actually had them coming out the West with a healthy Paul George and Kawhi, but uh, that never came to fruition. Uh, you, you can say that again, but don't. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole it's interesting thing, because you kind of knew what you were getting with Kawhi. I mean, before they signed him, they knew that that was going to be a very distinct possibility, right? That he wouldn't be healthy enough. Uh, and Paul George, too, had you know has health issues uh, that he, he's, he battles. So those are the two players that, you know, could get you a championship, but also could keep you forever, uh, you know, uh, pining and, and never quite get there. It's too bad. And they're, and they're two of the, you know, the nicest guys in the world as well. So, uh, you know, and hard, hardest working. They just can't, you know, uh, put it all together without getting without breaking down. It's too bad. Podcast P, pretty good podcaster, I have to say. I've been tuning into oh, a yeah. few clips. Yeah, he's good. We need to get him on the live show. We Oh, we, we might be able to do that if I see yeah. him. Um. Oh, okay. So I see a question over here. Uh, they want to know if I saw the movie Air, which come, came out on Prime. I, I did. I saw it in the theater with my mother. It was great. Well, you know, it's funny. I was going to go see it, and then it just didn't happen. And all of a sudden, it was on TV, so we watched it the other night. And uh, I, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that I didn't go to the theater to see it. Uh, okay. And, um, I mean, you know, it was fun to kind of relive all of that. Um, I was also frustrated because I don't think it was accurate enough for me. And... Um, uh, the music was great. That certainly was another good part of it. But uh, I, I think the here the, the crux of the matter is, and, and I, I as a coach, I should have loved what the scene where Matt Damon explains why he realized that Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan, and it had to do with well, we don't have to like ruin it, but what it had to do with uh, the the shot he hit for uh, against Georgetown for North Carolina in the NCAA tournament in the finals that won the the title for them as a freshman. 
Uh, and I liked that insight. I hadn't really pondered it that much uh, in terms of what he said. And I think that it seems right enough to me. Um, but that's not what made him so magnetic. That's not why they realized this guy was going to be a big star or, or bigger than anybody else. That's what's frustrating. And they never really touched upon that, if you know what I mean. Do you get? Does that make sense? Explain. Okay. I grew up in Chicago. I was I was there ground zero for his rookie year. And in, by the way, before that, in the Olympics, when he played against NBA players in their training sessions and destroyed them. So the word coming out from those workouts when they had NBA, they didn't have like the best NBA players, but they had good NBA players come out to work the, the Olympic team out. Remember back then it was all college players. Bobby Knight was the coach. And uh, he destroyed them. I mean, nobody can handle them. So they already kind of had a sense of what was going on then in the summer. But uh, it was his smile. It was his magnetic personality. It was and just the fact that he could fly. Uh, his highlights at North Carolina are, are just some of the most outrageous things you're going to see of athletic ability. And the, his movement pattern was so unique compared to almost anybody else before or since. So that is what I think, uh, you know, we gravitated towards, not like this little nugget out, you know, Dean Smith recognized that he was a really great basketball player. He transcended the actual playing part of the, of the game. And I don't think that they touched upon that. And I think they didn't want to because the conceit was you weren't going to have Michael in the movie. And so they didn't want to, like, show him. And I, I, I was just sort of mystified by, by that for the whole, the whole movie. I think there was a few things in there that weren't exactly like all the way true, but it is a movie at the end of the day, right? They're just trying to, you know, make it smooth, make it smooth. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, uh, but but I I did enjoy it, and uh, it was it, it was also fun to hear like, wait, that's how they got just do it, like you know, you, you find out in theory where they got that. Uh, and by the way, I got to remember, I I know by college just do it was there, but I I can't remember just do it in nineteen eighty five. Or, uh, but it might be worth looking up. But either way, if they, it was a great line. It's worth you know uh, you know fudging that to make it happen there. Um, and then some of the outfits that they had uh, Ben Affleck in as uh, Phil Knight was hilarious. And, and those were probably pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> the colors and the the design, some of the stuff that they were thinking out back then. I don't know what they were doing. Um, but okay, do so. Do we want to um, get back at all with the? Uh, or, or I guess we could talk about the next series for a few minutes. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. So we got Miami, we got Boston, East Coast. What are your thoughts? I think, you know, the injuries that the Heat have will inevitably catch up to them. And I just think they're at such a talent deficit, even though I think they have the best coaching staff in the league. And Jimmy Butler plays like a top five NBA player. I think it's just going to be too much on his back for them to overcome this Boston Celtics team. Even yeah. though it'd be, it'd be a great story to see it happen. And I love their coaching staff, and I think they're the best coaching staff in the league, but I, I don't see it happening. So so because of the coaching staff and the and the preparation, they'll probably just lose, they'll lose in six. Yeah, something like that. I, I, would, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. I I, so. I, in my mind, thinking about Butler and how he's uh, going to uh, – how he performs in their offense, they could sick, you know, Jalen Brown on him. Um, they could put Marcus Smart on him, and I feel like you know eventually they could they could, they could get him to be less uh, efficient than he's been, uh, and it's probably all they need uh, at this and, point. Uh, and, t- and, and Tatum and Tatum and Horford are like roaming, you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, and like you know, if, uh, I think Horford could Horford should be able to handle um, you know uh, Adebayo, uh, even though Adebayo is really quick and compared to like you know Embiid. 
But um, but I always underestimate Horford's ability to move, and the next thing you know, he's blocking him. You know, here's what's funny. I, I was looking at the uh, stats uh, of Embiid against uh, Horford down low because they go to Embiid in Game Seven, that, right at the end of the game. And normally, I'd be like, great, go down low, go get whatever matchup you have. Um, but when you look at the, it, it, it's not that accurate. But on the NBA site, they have matchups. You know, Embiid versus Horford, Embiid versus uh, uh, everybody else. Uh, and they said he shot 31% against Horford uh, when Horford was guarding him. Now, they also only gave Horford one block. I know you know that he blocked Embiid four times in the series, I think, at least. So that's why you don't know how accurate it is. But uh, another thing about Doc, it's like, okay, if I, I, I would have already felt before uh, that possession, which was like one of the last possessions in the game seven, uh, I, I probably would hesitate to have called that and said, I'm not going down to, you know, uh, uh, with Embiid against uh, Horford. And so anyway, and to, to translate that, so Horford, again, is he's mobile. Uh, I think he could, he can handle that. And the big question then is, do they start Williams again or do they go back to their normal Derek White starting five? What do you think? I think they go back. I do yeah. think they go back, but you know, they'll probably try different things. That was actually a great adjustment. That was a big difference maker in the series. I think like, kinda. The re- what kind of, but it didn't work in the very beginning of game six. Uh, they yeah. went on a run. And then in game seven, the Sixers went on a big run. They had control of the game for a while. Well, it, it was also nice for him to see, just nice to see him make that big of an adjustment. And we talked about this before. Like, just sometimes when you throw a different look, it doesn't matter how good that look is. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah, it definitely changed some things for them defensively. And, you know, a lot of teams wouldn't try that because they just feel like they can't play with two bigs anymore. Right. Uh, and I hear you. And I've always been convinced someone could do it. And, you know, there you yeah. go. Uh, I got to actually check. I don't even know if they did that much better, like on the offensive boards, because that's be where I would look to and think, uh, oh, OK, that's where you're going to be able to get some you know, extra threes out of that when you get extra possessions. But uh, I can, you know, if only we it's, could check that, you know, I, and I was talking about how much, you know, Embiid and Harden struggled. And part of it was that the length that they added around the rim Harden wasn't getting to the rim as much, less floaters, and we saw how Embiid played. So it worked on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, it worked on them. And again, Harden was the key. When Harden did really, really well, pretty much, they would win that game. And if they didn't do so well, then they would lose. So yes, uh, I'm and looking. One, at- and and one of them was when Embiid wasn't even there, right? So, uh, right, exactly. And that, and that's the one that he that Harden just destroyed him. Um, and then he just sort of went away from the mid-range stuff. It seemed like the best way that Harden could win those games was the mid-range. And, um, you know, he he, uh, he, he kind of went away from that or he got lost and, was, and just kept – was much quicker to pass the ball. So, in theory, I got to study that one more time to look at uh, – there was a wall in front of Harden a lot of the time in that game seven, and he was just giving the ball up because, you know, that's what he was – you know, there wasn't anywhere to go. Um, I got to make sure that was Williams. I'm sure it was. Uh, now, uh, Matej asks why, you know, Nuggets video, um, it, you know, sometimes with all the games going on and I got to pick and choose which of the better games that they somehow slip through. I did one, I did one from one of their series and it, it didn't do well. And like, uh, so, um, but d- don't worry, I, I should be, break down all the games in the Western conference finals at the very least. And i and I think they're going to make it to the final. So you'll have all the Nuggets, uh, break you, did, you know what, uh, AD versus Jokic video would be good for this game. Uh, yeah, focus, yeah. Focus, because focus, because that was like the thing I really wanted to see. Because yeah. obviously with Yo, obviously with Aiden, I feel like Aiden was um he almost like liked Jokic too much, like he reveres Jokic, like he's almost scared of Jokic, like he wants to see Jokic do good. Like that's like the vibes I get, and I know it wouldn't be quite. I 
I know people don't look at AD as the toughest guy in the world, but I knew AD would definitely throw Jokic different look defensively, right? Like he's a way better defensive player. But the thing with Jokic is that he doesn't play against his opponent. He plays against the game of basketball and all the great <laughs> players do. That's good. That's very good. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, it, it looked in the beginning like AD was going to just have a miserable night. He, Jokic blocked one of his reverses, and, he, and it, it was such a weak attempt by AD. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. Uh, AD had a, a bit of a quiet 40-point night, too, um, for a minute. Like, at some point when he had 26 points in the third quarter, I was like, and then and I went through it in my head. I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I can, I can see that. It, it, again, it wasn't that effectual. They were still down by a lot, um, but I could, he, he wasn't so quiet. Um, but it wasn't like he was hurting Jokic so much on those. Uh, whereas on the other end, it, you know, I kept seeing like he just would fall asleep for a half a beat. He just wasn't on point. He wasn't ready uh, against a guy that you have to be in a stance, ready to move at every single moment. You can't really relax. Uh, and that's what happened across the board for the Lakers. It was very strange to see so much relaxing on defense in that first half. Um, now, if they don't do that in the second game, they don't relax, then do the, uh, the Nuggets get the huge lead again and, and that whole thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, my impression, at least from that beginning, it was that the Nuggets looked so good that, yeah, you felt like this could be a sweep. Um, they, they this is going to be a long series. You think it's going to be a long series? I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I feel like both teams kind of match up sort of, sort of well to each other, but again, it's all on Darvin hand to figure out the right lineups based on who's out there for the nuggets. He's going to have to react to the nuggets. I don't think he's going to be able to dictate much. The only, the one place they get to dictate though, is LeBron hands in the ball and he gets to choose who he wants to isolate on, uh, on defense with the pick and roll. And that was Murray. Uh, and that didn't go yeah. well in the second half. So, um, you know, the ball is now in Mike Malone's court and he could, you, you know, you'll see them pre-switch that and get someone else out there. Like if it's Gordon, um, they're going to want um, anybody. Well, who else? Uh, you know, but by the way, Michael Porter Jr. Is, would be another probably a good target for LeBron, too. They have two guys there who, OK, uh, you know, KCP, I like and he certainly knows LeBron's game very well. But again, he's smaller. So that's interesting now that I'm thinking about it in that, in that context. Uh, I think LeBron has his pick now of who he wants to be able to isolate on. And I don't know what, what Denver's going to do short of maybe like some zone stuff. I, don't, I can't even picture them playing zone, though. Can you? Every team could throw a zone in there, I think. Uh, why not? But I would say that, like, yeah, you want Aaron Gordon on LeBron for the most part. Yeah, but then LeBron can just easily change that if he wants to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's interesting. Uh, let me let me get to uh, let me get to Denver. I'm going to look or, up. I mean, or they could – how, well, how, why do you feel like he could change that every time? They, he could, Aaron Gordon could just go under. Oh, so now you're the guy with the good ideas, huh? Um, yeah, okay, you're right. He can go under. Hmm. Because you certainly wouldn't mind him shooting threes, even though he made – he made how many did he make that? Look yeah, like? one of them actually looked like a real struggle. Where they, I don't know if they went under, but oh, he, he found him. He, he was 0 for 4. You know what's weird? I almost saw, I remember him making one. So uh, what, what, what was your initial point why you feel like they couldn't keep Aaron Gordon on him? Oh, well, because he'll just call whoever he wants up, and then, you know, they'll screen, and, and he, they'll switch. Oh, you think they'll switch every time? That's, that's what was okay. happening. So, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But I think you could go under with him. For now, for now. Yeah, I'm going to text Coach Malone that. That's good. Um, I, think Coach, I, th I, th I think Coach Malone is great. 
great coach. Yeah, he's really a great coach. I mean, I think he doesn't get a lot of props, and he he, he deserves it's Denver. I mean, look, the same thing happened with Jokic all year. Like Jokic isn't the MVP. Who would have thought? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's you know he's it's that's not I, I don't know if it's because he's quiet, uh, Jokic. I think it's just because uh, the because of the fatigue. You know, they, they no one wanted to give him three in a row and whatever. And why? Just, why? 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 Because they, you know it's it's why? it's it's, 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 it's like. Like to me, maybe I'm too scientific with it and not enough nuance or artistic with it. But like, if you're the most valuable player for that year, you should win the MVP that year, no matter yeah. how many. Well, you okay. well now we got to discuss what the what the most valuable player means. It's some kind of time capsule, I guess, for people. Uh, yeah, but it's also like, is it the best player in the league? Is it the best player in your team? Is it the most valuable in your team? Is it you know? Well, I don't, I don't know what it means. Well, fair. Fair. So that that's the problem. Um, but I love that Mark Jackson um, got absolutely roasted for not putting him in the top five of his choices. Did you see his his response? He made a mistake. He said, or he forgot. Well, he no. He said that he picked one from each position, mm. which I think is ludicrous. But it's true. You know, I, I think he said he did. Uh, Embiid. I know Donovan Mitchell was number five, and then you know, I think I think he was right in terms of positions. Uh, you know, that, that is not how that should happen though. <laughs> and I, he even said, if you want to take away my vote, you can take away my vote. And I, then I thought that was, you know, that was an appropriate answer for him. I want to see what, uh, Jokic said to AD after that crazy shot with a step back at the buzzer. He said something, they said they were talking to each other. That's pretty funny. And Jokic yeah. had a little shrug. <laughs> oh, well, I, what, I, what I want to know is what Austin Reeves said to Jokic after he pushed him down, <laughs> and like, and like he tried. Well, it. Jokic yeah. did flop. He did flop. But yeah, but he pushed me. You know, he, he did. Me. No, it was a it right. was a foul. Two things could be true, right? Yeah, yeah. He definitely went down harder. So, and I like they tried to pick him up. And if you look carefully, I'm pretty sure Jokic refused. He's like, you're not helping me up. And but then, but then they had a nice little chat about it. it was funny uh, just to see that. I'm, I'm, there's probably a lot of interesting stuff that they might have on some some hot mic somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I think we've covered uh, whatever we needed to cover tonight. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. Yeah, I mean, it's late for you, so I don't want you to, you know, have to stay up too late. But, uh, you know, uh, I think we're ready to go. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be back here tomorrow, I believe. So if, if you are if you can stay up, it's the same time. Let's, yeah, let's do it. All right, take a nap in the day, and uh, we'll be back. So um, please be ready to watch the Doc Rivers thing. I, I would love it if you watched it. Uh, it's going to be really good, really compelling, really unique. Um, and it'll, it will probably not be that kind of doc, but it will be, you know, I'll just give you the, how I see it and then the video evidence. And, uh, I think it'll be illuminating, um, for him. And, you know, remember he, he, he jumped from, uh, L LA to Philly, like so fast in a way that like, you know, he just needed to get a job. I think maybe he was worried he wasn't going to get hired again or something. And that happens when you get to a certain age anyway, although he's nowhere near there. He's, he's probably what, like 60. Yeah. Um, right. So, and he's also a Chicago guard. So I should have some, uh, you know, uh, simpatico with him. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, I, I've always had that issue in, in, the, in the back of my mind about him. Uh, certainly, you watch the defenses play before Thibodeau got there. He Thibodeau really, really uh, changed that the defense for the good. He really needed that, and he had like, really good assistance. Um, so at any rate, uh, so stay tuned for that, please. And then I'll try to figure out if I can kind of jam out the uh, the Lakers Nuggets maybe before the game. I don't know. I, my, I'm crazy, but I think I can if I get up early enough, I can do it. So please be there for all those things. And maybe I'll do two videos in one day. What do you think? You should do a coach. How many hours of sleep are you going to get? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably try. You know, I don't know. Actually, 
it's not too late. I can work right now. We'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll try and get a decent night of sleep. I hadn't gotten one in about a week straight. I had gotten, you know, I uh, had not hit what, my, what's, the, what's not decent. How many out? Well, like what's bet? Like my what, goal like, is seven hours. And I had, I had a 35% sleep deficit for a week where I couldn't, wasn't closing any of my rings. Uh, so, uh, and I was so like, I, like, like five hours a night, six hours a night. So yeah, it's probably like, you know, maybe a little less than around or five tops. And then it wasn't deep sleep, you know, you know how it measures your, your heart rate. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I was a mess. I was really, uh, uh, having trouble uh, gripping reality. Um, so don't do that, folks. Make sure you get you know the sleep that you need, and uh, but I'll get back to it uh, fresh, and uh, and I think that that'll it'll be really good. Uh, so that would be crazy if I did a doc video. Somehow I get the Jokic versus AD video out, and then a live show. That's that yo that that Jokic versus AD video. That's the one I want to see, Coach Nick. I'm excited. Just that, just that, just kind of. No, 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 no. Do both, but I, like that's something I would I would want to see from you. No, no. I mean, but just focus on those two. Yes. I think that'd be I mean, awesome. that, by the way, that makes it much easier for me if I can just focus on their the buckets they did. And by the way, but here's the thing: it's not just that for Jokic; it's the 14 assists that he, he threw. Uh, you know, Look, they that, both had they both had great games. I mean, I, I and that's something I really wanted to see coming into the series. So I think it'd be interesting, right? And by the way, you know, that's another interesting point. Anthony Davis gets 40 points and three assists. Uh, Jokic gets 34 points and 21 rebounds. By the way, no, uh, and then no, 14 Jokic assists. And you know that he threw uh, X amount for threes. So it's not just an extra 28 points. Let's call it like 33 points. So he actually, you know, generated like 60 some points compared to Anthony Davis, which is, you know, probably the difference there. And what that, that sort of led to uh, the big lead. So uh, it's a fascinating series. I agree. I think it'll go six games, but um, I, I think it'll, I think the uh, Lakers run might end uh, there. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for being out there. Thanks for the super chatters. Braun, Nick's the Street are Buzzing, Martin Jose, Joseph Baker. Uh, all you guys are so generous. Thanks for being here. Everybody else in the chat, awesome stuff. Great uh, conversation, as always. And with Combo, uh, I always look forward to it. So uh, we're gonna, we'll get you back tomorrow, and uh, we'll keep going. Most definitely. Let's keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. All right, all right. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Combo? Yes, sir.